Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. From our team to you, welcome to Season 2 of Convert Central. In Season 1, we've had the privilege of interviewing 15 converts across the months of Ramadan and Shawwal. This season, we have created a plethora of topics for every Muslim regardless of our background, our interests and our races. We pray that every podcast that we upload will be beneficial to you guys and meanwhile, enjoy listening to Season 2 of Convert Central. So, previous episode, we had Sis Rabia to Adawiyah with us talking about the permissibility of food in Islam. We discussed about uh, what was permissible, what was not and the general guidelines pertaining to certain rules in Islam. So, if you guys are interested, go back to the previous episode to listen to our discussion on the food permissibility in Islam. Uh, but for this episode, we are going uh, slightly a step further to talk about the etiquettes of eating in Islam so as a non-Muslim coming to Islam for me you know etiquettes has never really been a thing in my life before that so coming to Islam that was a new thing for me etiquettes and we will discuss why it's a new thing and uh, I think it's a very interesting topic so let's go so why we talk about etiquettes in Islam is because eating and uh, generally practices in Islam goes beyond uh, whether it, something is permissible or not and it's more strongly guided by principles and the uh, the reasoning behind a particular action in the terms in, in, in the eyes of the religion. So uh, even when it comes to halal food or haram food, you know, there are certain situations that causes something to that is you know permissible to be consumed, forbidden for someone to consume. For example, something that is consumed in excess, you know, becomes makru, which is discouraged or haram, uh, impermissible when it becomes harmful to the individual. So if you are eating a lot of fast food, you know, to the point where it affects our health. Fast food itself, which is permissible, becomes not permissible because it harms us. So uh, similarly, food that is only permissible for consumption, meaning that there is no reward whether you eat it or no punishment whether you don't eat it or not, it becomes rewarding if it's done in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet For example, the, the meal before fasting for Muslims is called the sahur meal. Food that is eaten, in that meal, it, it becomes very blessed. Because the, the Sahur meal is known to be a very blessed meal before we start our fast, especially in Ramadan. So you can see how something is just plainly permissible becomes either forbidden or even uh, better rewarding in the, in the eyes of religion in certain contexts and circumstances. So beyond just the food product itself, uh, when we look at ingredients-wise, you know, halal meat requirement is important because we want to ensure the rights of animals that are being observed. We talked about the tenets of religion earlier on in one of our podcasts when it comes to jurisprudence, we also want to protect the rights of animals you know, in, in Islam. We ensure that the animal dies uh, the fastest way possible and the most painless way. And this is our way of showing the gratitude to you know, our gratitude to the animal who is allowing us to sustain ourselves by uh, consuming their meat. So there are more guidelines, you know, it's pertaining to the slaughtering of animals for it, for consumption. And this, like we mentioned earlier, is written in the book uh, known as Muslim Converts Guidebook by Daru Akam. So head on to their website, download the book and, and check it out for yourselves. So we move on to the actual etiquettes of eating and drinking in Islam. The most basic one, and I'm sure the one that is cross-cultural and of course right now in COVID-19 is that we have to wash our hands before we eat. So it was enforced, you know, when when uh, by the Prophet Sallallahu uh, as a sunnah when when before we eat we have to wash our hands for cleanliness and hygiene, and the, the next one which is a very very important etiquette, you know, of eating and drinking is that we have to remember who gave us our meal and our drinks our sustenance. So we say the name of Allah before eating. 
most of the time we find out what are etiquettes and what is not using the narrations of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So uh, these two are mentioned in in the hadith uh, narrated by Imam Muslim, who is one of the uh, scholars who compiles uh, narrations of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked the person to mention the name of Allah, eat with our right hands, and also eat directly what was in front of us. You know, so that's where they acquire the uh, knowledge of uh, etiquettes of eating or drinking. So. Just listing off a few of these etiquettes before we, we go into discussion. Um, we also eat and drink with the right hand. For the narration, it also mentions that the Satan eats with the left. So we eat also what is only directly in front of us. That means we don't cross the table to, to grab whatever we want to because we want to eat in an elegant and, and polite way. We do not stand while we eat or drink. We do not be wasteful and we also do not criticize food and we express gratitude for, for our food after we consume them. So these are some etiquettes of eating and drinking. There is definitely more discussion, more depth into each of these etiquettes and you know we can spend days to just discuss one particular etiquette. So do head down to your local uh, Islamic institution or mosque to just talk about this with the local imam and, and I'm sure they will be more than happy to share them. So we head on to discussion where we were you know, discussing and uh, we're going to discuss with Sis Ravia about etiquette. So uh, Sis Ravia, why do you think we need to observe uh, certain etiquettes when we eat or drink? I would say that it's because we value the action of eating. Ultimately, you know, there's a saying that has been going around saying we are mm-hmm. what we eat. So yep. not just in terms of the food and the quality, and it's mm-hmm. also how we value and place respect to what is given to us as yep. a form of sustenance. This is my personal belief when it comes to that. And mm-hmm. it also shows that we value what is in front by showing that we remember our roots of where the food sustenance come from. And yeah. I think that this is a very important point because be it today, if you are vegetarian or vegan, or mm-hmm. regardless whether you are someone who really likes your meat a lot. So yeah. that actually shows that irregardless of where our food source come from, it once came from something which is alive. So yep. by placing that emphasis that we really uh, shows the etiquette when it comes to eating, it also shows yep. the respect that we are giving, that they are giving up their lives for us so yep. that we have a full meal. So that would be more towards the point that I look at, like why we really need to look into the etiquettes of eating and also to showcase to others. Because, you know, eating sometimes bonds people. I think that by looking into etiquettes of eating can also shows the importance of what we look at in that sense. Yeah. Because it gathers us. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I, I definitely agree. When I first came into Islam, I was thinking like, why, why do we need these etiquettes, right? So, and the most common uh, reason I heard was because we, we don't, particularly own the food that we buy, which I didn't understand because I had the money, I bought the food, it's mine, you know. But upon further probing into, into this matter, I realized that that is true because even if we have the money, you know, if uh, many people are beyond our control come into cooperation to make sure that the food is manufactured to us, even if we did have the money, we are not able, we will not be able to buy the food. So the farmers who, who you know, if you're eating, we're going to be eating bread or rice, who, who plow the land and, and grow the crops for us, the people who package it for us, the people who check the food for us, there are so many things that we do not have direct control over and it's in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So definitely, our food isn't technically ours because we don't create the food entirely by ourselves, you know. So, like as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the first thing is always to, you know, remind us to be grateful to Allah for giving us sustenance and keep Him in constant remembrance as we eat. That is the, the purpose of a Muslim. And many of times, nowadays, eating is really a social thing. I've, I can't recall the last time I'm outside of my home and I'm eating alone. So... <laughs> 
put that, that puts etiquette in the spotlight because we have to ensure that we are, you know, people with manners and, and ensuring that within society, we are making it a, a more comfortable and a better place for people to, you know, uh, exist and coexist in. So that's where etiquettes come into play. We know what, what, what to do. We know that, okay, if we want to eat a food maybe at, at the other side of the table, we don't reach across because that might be rude to some people. We get the food to pass around and then when it comes to us, then we, we, we take what's in front of us. So uh, other than that, you know, actually observing these etiquettes is also beneficial for us, you know, more often than not because if you are going to eat with our fingers, you know, science has shown that certain enzymes from our fingers have been uh, able to aid with digestion and all. And of course, we wash our hands so that we don't get sick from whatever bacteria that is on our fingers. And all in all, it really provide, uh, protects us from exhibiting a certain arrogance and pride when we are eating. You know, we eat in a very gentle moment. Understanding that food that we are consuming now, it doesn't originate from us. We don't own it. And we are just in always constant remembrance that we are the one that is, is grateful for the sustenance that was given to us. We move on to the next discussion question and the, I think it's pretty interesting the next one. So what are the easiest sunnahs for me and you as converts to adopt when we're eating or drinking? So one of the sunnah is like reciting a dua before we, we, we start eating a long time. But that might be hard for converts to learn as a, as a starting stage. So what are the easiest ones for you to do when you are learning? I would say from the easiest one or rather the yeah. very first one that I started practicing, yeah. I two points actually to be honest because I thought those two were the easiest and I actually started with these two the first mm-hmm. one was actually not to stand while actually eating or, or drinking mm-hmm. uh, especially drinking because yep. um, I happened to learn that the science behind it itself which actually was quite ingenious at that point when I learned about it so mm-hmm. it said that when a person you know stand while drinking water the water actually passes through the body in a very harsh like straight gush which actually cause the accumulations in the joints. So all mm. these water actually cause uh, accumulation in the joint area, which cause the person to develop arthritis at a later stage, especially oh. when the person is in the 30s. So when we start young, I think it's also a good time in future to, for us to teach our kids or even mm. uh, you know, uh, to share with others. If let's mm. say you have any friends who are experiencing joint pains, to actually not to stand while consuming water. So yeah. when a person is actually more relaxed, uh, in a relaxed mood while sitting down, while consuming yeah. water, the body muscles are actually more relaxed. So it yeah. allows us to uh, improve in a form of digestion because it absorbs the fluid better. So yeah. that aspect, right, it also helps us in a form like, oh, actually this sooner by just not standing or while drinking, right, or eating, mm. wow, has so many benefits which actually brought to our health. So yeah. for me, that's like the easiest to do. So don't yep. stand and eat when you're in Pasamalama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. just do it when you're at home and with a group of people, maybe you can even share your food. So mm-hmm. that would be one of the easiest. And yep. I think the second one that would also be quite an introduction for someone who's new would be not to criticize the food. Actually, yep. prior to you know conversion, I used to be an extremely picky eater. So basically, I was quite westernized in terms of how uh, my dietary preferences were. So it's mostly diet in a form of milk, cheese, potatoes and stuff like that, which were the main staple instead of like, you know, the regular Chinese, which goes for rice and so on. So through the years in my teens has actually become a habitual practice. Initially, my friends used to tell me, especially when I just converted, I have some Muslim friends, they actually tell me, oh, that is actually not really good because it means that you are not uh, feeling gratitude for the food. So mm. I used to think that, oh yeah, but now I can choose ma, 
unlike those times when you didn't really get to choose your food. So mm-hmm. why not make your choice something that you like? Yeah. But through time, I realized that by being choosy actually on the certain food that I like to eat and I eat it in excess, it actually becomes a problem for me. So from that point, I decided, okay, so how about I try just for just 40 days, you know, mm. um, not to criticize the food that I eat, no matter who passes me the food, to just yeah. have it. So initially, I would say that it wasn't that easy because sometimes I was past certain type of vegetables, especially back then, tomatoes. So as time passed, I realized, hey, when I don't criticize the food, the food started tasting different for me. Yeah. Different in a sense that somehow, miraculously, it was made tastier. And as the time passed, it gets yeah. better. So there are some people who say, oh, it's because you're making it a habit now. Yeah. So it makes, so maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easier for me to consume those food groups. And in the end yeah. of the day, my health actually improved. Because based on um, my diet previously, I was actually told by the doctor that I am not supposed to be able to conceive. So through just changing my food and my diet, last year I actually just gave birth to my doctor. (laughs) Which actually defies science and doctors throughout years. So I would say largely a lot of it goes into don't ask, especially for my family and so on. Uh, But I would say a large change that I personally made would be mm. my choice of the food groups changed. Yeah. Because it really changed and made a difference in my health. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Alhamdulillah. That is actually a very good point. When we show etiquettes to our food, that's mm. when something in Islam we is called baraka or blessings in, in certain things we do uh show. So it's a way of Allah to bless us in what we do as well. So for example, sometimes we feel like we eat something later and then it fills us up. But sometimes we can eat a full meal and it feels so unhealthy and terrible inside. It's because of, you know, the blessings that are in our food. So as you said, sis, you know, it's, it's a very good point. You know, we start to criticize the food less and we, we, we follow the religion, we follow the behavior of the Prophet wasallam, And then Allah gives his blessing in the food. And, and in your case, Alhamdulillah, it has manifested in the form of a child for you and which I'm so happy to hear. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing with us. And we, we also learned that, you know, as many acts of uh, sunnah there are that it's difficult for, for converts to, to learn because maybe it's hard to learn Arabic and such. There are also as many, they are also easy, easy to learn. Like, like as you mentioned, you know, do not criticize size of food, sit down when we eat or drink, eating with our right hand is something simple to pick up as well, avoiding uh, go or silver utensils, they are, they are simple, we just have to learn them, you know, just have a basic knowledge of how to perform them and then we can we can do it with the correct intentions, so uh, it, it's a world out there, people like to say the world is our oyster, you know, it's just for, uh, for us to grab it, you know, we just have to uh, find the proper sources of information and then incorporate into our lifestyle, as you've mentioned, 40 days for you, it's, it's uh, just enough time, just a good amount of time to incorporate a habit into your lifestyle, so thank you for sharing with us this, uh, you know, in the essence of time so we're going to stop the episode here today thank you so much uh, Sis Rabia for joining us today to share with us your thoughts your experiences and we hope to get your entire family to come on to our podcast in the near future to talk about your story you and your husband how you guys met your challenges and all I think it'll become pretty interesting so once again thank you so much for, for coming on to our show we will end the podcast by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah Al-Asr Subhanakallah wa bihamdika shalulah astaghfirullah wa tubi ilaik Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Al-Asr inna li'insana lafi khus illa ladhina amanu wa aminu salihati wa tawasal bil haqi wa tawasal bil sabr Thank you so much for listening We'll see you guys next week Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh